Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Was that one of the most heartfelt wrestling things you've seen all year? Two people who were formerly family. They were closer than friendship. They were together. They were brother and cousin. I guess not brother. They were just cousins. And then they are torn apart by character flaws and championship gold. I could be talking about me and this son of a bitch right here Hey, at the moment. I'm Ollie Davis, Mr. Davis. I've had a week off. I forget my own gimmicks sometimes. And I'm joined by your new jam, that champion, Luke Warm, Luke Owen. Hey, everyone. Look at this. Hey, finally, Luke has come home. Yes, please. Oh, thank Very you. Very nice. Give me a yes, please, in the comments. I am the new Jam That Champion. Not only did I win the title with those cock gold rush reactions and predictions, I've also got my job back full-time with the company. Yes, please. No, thank you. Yes, please. No, thank you. Yes, please. No, thank you. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves their new champion. The champion is here. Well, mark my words, the old authority will have our revenge. Just before we talk about the uh, cock in general, <laughs> we've got a lot of cock to dive into. Oh, Good so cock. much cock. Bad cock. Sort of mm -hmm. boring cock. That You know, oh, the yeah. sort of cock that turns up to an orgy that you're like, well, you're just a bit of meat to fill in some, some, some time here. Uh, oh, yeah. Luke Warm Luke Owen said to me before this stream started as he placed my championship on his shoulder. He said that he's going to keep it there the entire stream. And I said, are you sure you want to do that? It's heavy. And you said. I'm going to get this title over. And, by, and I'm going to do that by having it on my shoulder for this and all future streams. Oh, what? It's the pledge that I am making. Uh, but you're right. It is heavy, though, isn't it? You know, baby face challengers are meant to make promises they can deliver on. <laughs> Otherwise, it chips away at their credibility. Jim Cornette's having an aneurysm somewhere. Uh, so I've got well, to do you, know, do, you know do 
you know what's going to help me get through this, Ollie? Do you know what's going to help me get through this? It's not just the yes, please in the comments. Give oh, me a yes, please. Daddy, but it's everyone. Getting rowdy. Getting rowdy. What has happened to this place? I take one week off. Your champion. Louis champion. What happened there? Oh, mate, I absolutely balls that. Balls that <sighs> something rotten in that final two rounds. Anyway, I have a stopwatch on my uh, computer screen right now. It's just past three minutes. It's pretty much the length of this, uh, this, the duration of the stream so far. To see how long Lukewarm can keep that belt on his shoulder. Right, let's actually talk about Cock now. We're talking oh, yes. about our first opening point now, and then we'll get in a full play-by-play -play review of the entire card after that, after your so, 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 super chat. So get those in too. And that is... An absolutely terrific main event between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. When it went on as the end, when, when Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre went on as the sort of the second to last match in the ambulance match, I thought, well, is that the right decision? You know, I thought there might be a title change there. That not going on last sort of gave it away to me. Ah, no, the title isn't changing hands here. But then, do you really want to put one of your most predictable matches on the card? Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Jey Uso isn't winning in a million years. Honours your main event. And they did. And that it's, it's somehow become quite easily the best WWE main event of 2020. That's, and we both believe that. that. That's the name of this episode. Even more greater than the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton from Backlash. It was an incredible main event. Absolutely. Just like it's, I've never quite had a live reaction stream like it. Like when me, uh, Blompier and Q-Tip were watching the show and uh, it's a good name, isn't it? And we were watching the show and it felt like it was almost like less of us reacting to the match and more just like, like going through something, like going through something together, this collective, and not just us, but all the people that were watching it with us in the SWAF Nation, watching the, uh, the, the, the show, were all just in raptures watching this match, just could not take our eyes off of it. And it like the more it went on, the better it got. The more it, the, the better it got, the more perfect it became. And it was an absolutely special bellbinding main event absolutely like flawless is the word i would use to describe it absolutely flawless well, what i'm staggered by is how many different things it managed to achieve I'll, we'll dive into them after we've just given you a quick recap of what happened because maybe you don't watch wrestling you watch people talk about wrestling that's how you consume it that's how you enjoy it uh, so it was a 22 minute match not the longest match on the card but nearly there uh, it was the other best match on the show the triple threat ladder match for the intercontinental title went 26 minutes this went just over 22 and the first half of that match is roman reigns destroying jay uso they are quite clearly telling the story jay is not on roman's level and reigns dominated him for, for 10 plus minutes but then jay starts coming back and my god what a comeback it was dive super kicks and you know he gets a bit of that for about five six seven minutes and then a, like this genius low blow. Jey Uso has him covered after a splash, I think. I can't remember what the spot was before. He did a big splash, yeah. <clears throat> and as Roman kicks out on Charles, referee Charles Robinson's blind side, who 
put in a, a hell of a performance as well. You don't usually mm. see referee performances. WWE don't use them in that way. But here I thought he was top notch. As Roman kicks out, he low blows Jey Uso. And that is, I'm sure that spot's been done many times in wrestling history. I can't remember seeing that done for quite for quite a long time. Really caught me by surprise. And it's this like, it's such a bully, conniving way out of a situation. And Roman's smiling with these beautiful new veneered teeth. And that let him see out the match essentially with a spear punching Jay, another spear punching Jay to the extent where Jimmy comes out and you know, the third Uso, where the hell were they? They could have come out and made the same, but Jimmy Uso comes out and they do a bit of throwing in the towel. And it's not about, it's not about Roman winning at this point. Roman wants Jay to admit he is the new head of the family. He's the tribal chief. While Paul Heyman's sort of like yelling from ringside, you're my tribal chief. I love you, Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman's fantastic in just a, a new way. And yeah, Jimmy throws in the towel. So Jay looked like a million bucks because he never gave in. He never essentially said, I quit, which is what Roman was trying to make him do. Uh, and he was never pinned. Really smart way to get around the pinfall. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch at some point down the line. And the other thing accomplished, besides being an absolutely fantastically dramatic viewing experience, is, you know, you were talking about everyone going on a journey and getting suckered in by all these spots and twists and just continued beatdown. I feel like it wasn't just working through that. It was sort of, this was the first real addressing of our relationship with Roman Reigns since he went away after the cancer experience. Mm -hmm. You know, he was this hated babyface for four years and then you know very sadly of the, the real life uh, diagnosis of his leukemia coming back takes him out for about six months he comes back as a baby face and it just never quite works and then of course he goes away again because of the pandemic at the start of march and it's, it's kind of been like a missed year for roman reigns that that March to March, WrestleMania 35 through to 36. And this is his return. And this is the first real dialogue we've had with him of him being a proper heel. And I thought it was done, like you said, to perfection. It was, yeah, absolutely. There were so many moments in this match that were just like, oh, so, so great. The, um, I mean, the, the episode of SmackDown, the go-home episode for this show was absolutely, it was like a, it was a perfect go-home show, actually, to like really set up this match as well. And the moment when Roman gives him the Superman punch, because like Jay's promo beforehand was like, like throughout our wrestling careers, you've been the big dog, you've been the champion, you've been the main event. You know what people say to me when they say, when they look at me, which one are you? <laughs> you know, you know, Jay and Jimmy. And then he's like, why can't I provide for my family? Why can't I provide for my kids? And when Roman gives him the Superman punch and lays him on the stage and just starts shouting at him, I provide for your family. I provide for your wife. I provide for your kids. I provide for the whole family. I'm the head of the table. So this whole match was building to that moment when he just snaps and he's just like, acknowledge me as your tribal chief. Acknowledge me as the head of the table. Acknowledge that I provide for your family. 
and like Jay is just refusing, refusing. And I loved it when Paul Heyman, as you say, just starts shouting, you're my tribal chief, Roman. And Roman, just, <laughs> Roman looks at him and says, I don't want to hear you say it. I want to hear him say it. And that's what this was all about. And look, when Jimmy runs down and he throws in the towel for him and he dives in and he just looks at him and goes like, you're, you're, the, you're the head of the table. You're the, you're the tribal chief, all right? Just to stop. And like, I don't, like Jimmy never meant it. Jimmy didn't really mean what he was saying. But Roman just wanted to hear those words. And Roman was like, yep, cool. Got what I wanted. And Paul Heyman is standing there, hands in his pockets, looking like, uh-oh, what have I unleashed? Uh, I, um, <laughs> I cannot control this man. It was just like every single thing about this was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Like I, I want to rewatch it multiple, multiple times. Fabulous stuff. And it's, it's funny as well, because like going into this match, everyone thought it was going to be SummerSlam 2014. They all thought it was going to be Roman's just going to absolutely ragdoll Jay around and defeat him. And that will be this, that will cement the heel turn for Roman. This was such a much better way to cement that heel turn. And it's got Paul Heyman's chubby little fingerprints <laughs> all over it. Yeah, the ground and pound, the big move, big move. Yeah, totally. It's And it's a different kind of heel to what WWE usually does. I was quite taken by how Roman, yeah, his facials throughout the entire match were incredible just always pissed off but not too pissed off like it's not a realistic pissed off it's still a very stylized and the way he was speaking as well it's still very stylized it's not naturalistic in the slightest but it was definitely more toned down than other heels are on the on the roster it, it and it like it stood out more in that way because it was different Mm, yeah no absolutely it really was sorry andy's just messaging me on discord and it distracted me um but yeah it was just my fault i did not put my phone on to uh airplane mm. mode but yeah this was just I, I love this character of roman there's been you know the reports throughout the week that roman was going to get this new look and he's going to get new music when like and like roman has said you know was saying himself i'm gonna get this new look i'm getting new music when i do like when i fully cement this heel time i'm getting new music and we got the first part of that with him coming out in just the like the track pants and the boots looked like a million bucks just looked so so badass and it's the sort of look where you look at it, it's like it highlights how rubbish the flak jacket was and it how how crap it was and we had it for so many years and all of us like oh what a rubbish getup come say all he's done is taken the flak jacket off and got like what a badass he looks unstoppable now He's huge. He's <laughs> like he's just he's his whole like upper frame, definitely. Uh, so that's what I led with in my review. The thumbnail was Roman debuts new look, and you know most people are like wow he looks so much better. But the the main dissension of that title is <laughs> debuts new look. Oh, he's just taken off his jacket. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's it's a it's a huge deal. This is a proper character change for him. Well, it was one of well, I th I certainly think it's the best WWE pay per view main event of the year so far. Uh, beyond, I guess the only other things that were in contention with it were the Firefly Funhouse one that WrestleMania. Was, the, oh no, you're right. Sorry, event. Dead Man AJ. I meant to say one of the cinematic mm. matches at least. Uh, st uh, Stadium Stampede. I thought was excellent. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, and the Royal Rumble, the men's Royal Rumble, Moxley MJF, I loved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Um, Actually, Moxley Brody Lee was awesome as well. I'm saying WWE. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just WWE. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's anything close to this. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to count cinematic matches. So, and, and in that, I suppose you could also say um, Randy Orton Edge as a cinematic match because of the various camera angles and, you know, various takes they did of, of this and the other. This is absolutely like this was perfect booking, perfect storytelling, all character based. Loved it. And like it's made me want to watch SmackDown. It's made yeah. me want to tune in for the next episode of SmackDown to see the next part of this story, which is more than I could say for all of the raw matches <laughs> that were on this show. Yeah, we'll get on to those and, <laughs> and hopefully skip through a lot of them. Uh, let's see what you guys thought on the su 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 super chats, though. There's been a lot of uh, discussion around whether this was the best main event of the year. Uh, Ryo Adonte, first Roman should have been wrestling without that best a long time. If he is hiding that physique under there, second, that story in the main event was chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryo Adonte again. Also, where do you see this going? Because I feel like the story between the Usos and Reigns can't end here with that finish. Like, maybe a two-on-one match? Your thoughts? Ooh, I wouldn't want it to be a two-on-one match because that's the baby faces with the advantage, and I think that's a mm -hmm. bit backwards. Um, but I could certainly see them doing the triple threat, like Jimmy versus Jay versus Roman. But really, for me, I feel like the end goal of this is Roman versus Rock. Like, you know, that's the... It's sure, like, that's... If there's one man who has been like the head of this family in terms of wrestling and in terms of like bringing in money and fame to Nia the, you know, to the it, well, apart from Nia Jax, it's um it's The Rock, right? It's, it's Dwayne Johnson. He is like he's them. He's the guy in that family. I realistically, I don't think it's happening. Um, and that 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 will be my thing. I'll put it down now. The Rock is not going to do another wrestling thing because you know the guy is going to be at president the united states president in four years uh so you can't be doing that sort of stuff i think and it's going to be a difficult balance to take i want the usos to side with roman but not in a heel turn way i want them to do it almost in like this is a tradition thing we were beaten by the tribal chief so we now have to you know we're now mm. his in his service really and then you get that dynamic of some baby faces who have to do stuff against their own morality. Hopefully have a, an underdog rising thing there. Bacon Rasher, hi lads, is it me? Or is it funny that Roman and Jay save the pay-per-view? Would never have thought that a year ago. Smackdown cock was awesome. Raw was just cock. 2020 really is a weird year. And is JTJ. Hashtag new champ. New champ indeed. Yeah, I mean, it was, we said this on the stream last night, if you'd have said at the start of the year that a pay-per-view main event would be Jey Uso challenging heel Roman Reigns for the <laughs> Universal Champion, we'd have gone, no, mate. It's one of those years. Angel Perez, Roman Reigns is certified chief badass. Call him chief. Also, Luke is the champion, my friend. Luke is the champion. Thank you all so much for all your wonderful messages about me uh, winning this championship. So I hold it very, very proudly. Dean Trin, with that main event, the next family reunion, going to be awkward as heck. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Thanksgiving, yeah. But mm. Keish is there <laughs> like, bro, what did bro. you do that for? Ian Bolton, great main event. I fancy Jay and Roman in Helena Cell for even more tribal villainy from Roman. Best storyline by, uh, by far in WWE right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think this has trumped the Bailey Bank stuff, which was, for my money, the best thing in WWE at the, at the moment. You know we're getting Roman versus Fiend. 
Oh, well, I mean, that was set up on SmackDown. Yeah. So when Roman came out for his promo, Alexa Bliss stops and just like looks at the title because she's like, you know, like, you know, the Fiend Bay and whatnot. She is what, like, they're 100% setting up Fiend uh, Roman again. I don't, I'm not sure if it's Hell in a Cell, but uh, yeah, it's certainly coming down the line. Oh, it's, it's the Fiend's got to lose at Hell in a Cell. That's the gimmick. <laughs> KML. Before the heel turn, I kept asking, why does Vince keep trying to push Roman? Today, I stopped asking why. Roman is so damn good. And I believe that. It was, we had a couple of super chats about this last night, being like, I don't want to ever hear a bad word said about Roman Reigns ever again. Because, like, I'll be honest with you, this, this is, this is the Roman we've always said was possible. Like, Roman's always been great. He's just been put in pants storylines and been made to look like a dingus. He's always had the potential to do this. Yeah, but that, let's not go too far the other way. Let's not suddenly correct history like, oh, yeah, well, now we've got this. That totally makes up for the four years oh, of no. really terrible booking. That was, oh, that was no. rubbish. It choked a lot of stuff on Raw and SmackDown. But, yes, now it's, this is very, very good stuff. It just took it was. way too long oh, to get man. Do you know, like, the, the Marky Maivia had, well, like, six months as his baby face run before they were like, oh, damn, that's not working. Let's turn him heel. We mm. had that with Roman Reigns for five years, and he was the main event. At least <laughs> Rocky Maivia was a mid-carder. Like, Roman was the main event, just choke-holding everything. And it's not his fault, it's the company's fault. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Do you like quizzes? 
Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Unknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Unknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Well, we will get on with all of your Super Chats uh, before the end of the show, so keep getting those in, uh, and we'll start with a full play-by-play -play review, but first, the standings are in for Wrestle League. <gasps> Ooh. So this is Wrestle League season that I've lost track, and it runs from SummerSlam through to Survivor Series. And currently, Pete is on the bottom with 18 points. Thank you, Chopper. Thank you, Q-Tip for taking those L's for me. Adam, 21. Laurie, 21. Rich, 23. He's an editor. <laughs> no one sees him. Me, 24. Then Randy Andy Datsun's put his name in, even though it's also 24. So I'm, ab I'm above Randy there. And then there's Luke Warm, Luke Owen with 25. Oh, it's not a strong lead, is it? It's not. It's not a. It's not a strong lead ahead in Wrestle League, but uh, I am. I am at the top of the table. I'm very, very. I'm. I'm very. I'm humbled. Humbled by all of this to be your champion. Give me a yes, please. You know what time it is. Time to get rowdy. You've got different bumpers now. Yeah. Helena Cell. NXT Takeover Thirty One. Full gear. Survivor Series. Oh yeah, plenty of time. Mod Mother, I've got a whole nineteen points. At least I'm beating Pete. <laughs> Mod Mother, give me your points. You don't need them. Oh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, oh yeah, and Louis got thirty. Yeah, but, but Louis that's because is like, he bloody asked the wrestlers. I was going to say Louis has admitted to us that he knew some of the results at SummerSlam because he just asked. Um, right, so. Let's get on with our full play-by-play -play review of this Clash of Champions show, the uh, the kickoff show, which was originally meant to have Asuka versus Zelina Vega, actually had the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, a rare example of the women getting bumped from the pre-show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, and actually it was a really fun match. Um, so the news coming out of Clash of Champions, like on the day, despite the mm. fact that WWE knew this all week long, um, just decided on the day of the show, like an hour before it kicked off, it was like, oh, by the way, two of these matches aren't happening. Bailey versus Nikki Cross did not take place because of, as you put in the news, reasons, um, likely COVID related. Um, and they said that there's going to be a replacement match. The women's tag match was taken off and just no replacement was happening. Apparently it's going to be addressed on Raw tonight. <laughs> I'd imagine Andrade and Angel Garza will face the Street Profits uh, to decide oh who's going to win those God. championships. Um, <laughs> so 
um we don't know what's happened there apparently according to Meltzer Nia Jax was really really angry with how WWE handled um the situation about taking them off the show and it was legit anger when she was saying you know lies posting lies on Twitter and saying that um not like she was posting lies but she posted the word lies about WWE saying that uh they've been taken off due to injury and then lying that Shayna Baszler's pregnant so um apparently she was dead upset uh, that they got taken off the show yeah Nia you know, you can say a lot of things about Nia Jax, but you've got to respect her for, for having a go at the company when she's not happy. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of other wrestlers would just, you know, keep themselves to themselves. But Nia's like, I'm, the, the Rock's like my cousin. I'm going to yeah. kick up a fuss here. Uh, so, yes, we opened with, well, the pre-show, the only match on the pre-show was Lucha House Party, uh, the lineup of Kalisto and Lince Dorado, taking on Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura took about 90% of the match, and then they won. Yeah, fun match, though. Like, you know, I, I think Cesaro is brilliant around cruiserweights um, because he's dead strong, mm. and he can do the moves to himself and make them look brilliant and then can just boot them in the face to, you know, slow down the pace. Um, and it was it was decent enough, like, TV action for a pre-show, and I think it was yeah, fairly predictable that Cesaro and Nakamura were going to retain here, continuing the dissension of the Lucha House Party. Yeah, that didn't really play into anything, that story, with... Uh, don't tell me, grandmother league on the outside. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that where that goes. It would, you know, it's not it's not really a, a storyline you can get that invested in because they've been mm. beaten so much on TV leading up to it. However, the main card after a John Cena narrated video package about being a champion, he's won sixteen of them, don't you know? Was AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy for both Intercontinental Championships? in a ladder match i love a ladder match oh yeah absolutely and i love a triple threat ladder match on top of that mm. tag team ladder matches the more people in there it almost feel like that's the best way to do it and going into this match i had jeff down to win because i did a dice roll for it because i literally could not pick between the three of them but my heart wanted sammy Zayn to win because i think sammy is so so great he looks proper rubbish at the moment <laughs> he's wearing these crap trousers and his rubbish hat and his stupid hair and i love it it's my favorite look in wrestling at the moment he looks homeless like he's proper given up and i love it i you know everyone's like he's homeless he's doing he's doing that sort of down and out vibe I feel like he's just rocking the counter-revolutionary chic, like a, a revolutionary Fidel Castro or something. Uh, but, I mean, me and Adam said this on the stream last night. He looks like he smells like that's, mm. uh, and and I love it. And that that's a great heel. And the best thing about Sammy winning, <laughs> he looks like he smells. Oh, great well, heel. heel. <laughs> I can feel it through the telly. Um, and what's great about this is that Sammy is now right. Sammy is mm. the intercontinental champion. And what is better in this world than a heel who thinks they're right and will just go out there and tell them that tell everyone that he was right all along? Well, and, and he outsmarted them. I thought so. This was, you know, it's a it's a ladder match with AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn. In. Two of those are complete veterans of the ladder match style, and AJ Styles is incredible, ph phenomenal, you might say. So you've just got all of these spots, which, 
you know, they, they, there were a few crazy ones in there. Jeff Hardy did a swanton bomb off the, the really tall ladders on the outside on Sammy through a ladder that had been suspended between the apron and the announcer's table. There were flips into ladders. There was this really weird spot that is classic Jeff Hardy, where, right. where he's like, okay, what I'm going to do, I think if you push me off the ladder when I'm on it, I can climb over the ladder as you're pushing it, and then I'll end up on my feet on the other side. You know, that's that's what and he said, and he like, do, do you want to rehearse that? Do you want to see if that's actually possible? Nah, I'll be good. You, you don't want to you don't want to check, just run it through once to make sure a really bad version of that can't happen. No, no, it'd be fine, be fine. Don't worry, I'm Jeff Hardy. So that happens. Sami Zayn's pushing it over. Jeff Hardy's trying to climb over the top. But he falls backwards, and the momentum of the ladder in the corner flipping over the ropes just tumbled them to the ground in such a fast way. I have no idea what he had planned for this. Like, absolutely. I'll tell you exactly what he had planned for it. He wanted to climb over the ladder as it was falling, like he was in the Matrix, and then land on his feet on the other side. That was never going to work, though. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. But, like, I mean, you say it's typical Jeff Hardy. WrestleMania X7, when he's doing the Stepping Stones thing, they write about this in their autobiography. He tried that five times during the day and fell every single time. And everyone kept telling him, Jeff, I don't think it's going to work, mate. And Jeff's like, no, 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 I can do it. I can definitely do it. I'll just do it on the night. Once the crowd's here, I'll be fine. What happened? They fell on his ass, didn't they? Absolutely went ass over tea kettle and fell down. And this feels like that exact same. If a report comes out that he tried this five times during the day and never did it once, I won't be surprised. There was a really, there were were lots of good moments in this match, but there's one I think that's going to slip under the radar. And it was really, really good. And I, you know, we've seen a lot of ladder matches. I've seen people jump off tall things and go through ladders. So it was, you know, as shocking as those are, they're not really surprising or make you go, huh, that was clever. But there was this spot where AJ and Jeff Hardy are on the top of the ladder in the middle of the ring and they're fighting. Sami Zayn had been thrown off earlier. He was in the corner. And Hardy and AJ were fighting in a way that made the ladder topple over. But it didn't crush Sami Zayn. It hit the top turnbuckle. Both other other guys like spilled to the ground. But Sami was underneath it, protected in like this little base he'd made himself. I thought I thought yeah. that was that was genius. Oh mate, it could have gone to horribly wrong as well. That yeah, like, yeah. position, it could have been very horrible. But yeah, yeah. that was really, really cool. Uh, I mean, we can get to the finish in, in a moment. But the other thing I really enjoyed about this match is that AJ Styles has just clearly decided. Look, I took all my bumps in TNA. Like I, <laughs> I did, I did so many X Division, Ultimate X matches, and whatever <laughs> happened matches. I've done all the crazy bumps. I'm in my forties now. I'm just not doing them anymore. So Sami Zayn and uh, Jeff Hardy effectively had to bump for him and just do all the crazy bumps and everything. They was like, "Look, I'll give you two. I'll do two bumps in this match, <laughs> and that's your lot." Um. So the the end came when Sammy got out some handcuffs. And he handcuffs Jeff Hardy's ear piercing to a ladder. So he puts the cuffs through the ear piercing and handcuffs the other side to a ladder. Jeff's like, oh, and he can't move. Um, I thought he was going to do a thing where, you know, because you can gimmick that easily. You just pull it out. Like what a bad, badass baby face comeback that would be. Blood pouring from his ear. But he didn't do that. He just walked around with a ladder attached to his face. 
So Sammy gets in the ring. The tries... cool, it's the new cool earring. Um, it's the it's the new fashion trend of the of the twenty twenties. Honestly, if Jeff Hardy turned up to a taping with a ladder, hat, like pierced into his own ear, I think most people would go, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. I'm surprised. Uh, but Sammy gets into the ring, tries to do the same to AJ. AJ fights back, and AJ stands up, but then realizes in a really nice little reveal that Sammy had handcuffed himself to AJ during this exchange. And Sammy's just looking at him laughing. And the commentators did a really good job of saying, like, look, Sammy doesn't want anyone to win if he can't. So yeah. he's really, like, it really got over Zayn's character a lot. But then ultimately they're climbing up the ladder. Sammy's got a key in his mouth. He cuffs AJ to the ladder and picks up both belts. Great match. The, my, my favorite moment of that is when AJ A realizes that he's now handcuffed to Sammy Zayn and is looking at him like, what are you doing? What is going on here? And then Sammy just dead weights. He just completely just lays on the floor. So he's like dragging him around. And it's just this limp arm is trying to be lifted mm -hmm. up. It was so funny. The other spot that really made us laugh during this is when AJ went for the phenomenal forearm on Sami Zayn onto the ladder, but Jeff was pushing the ladder on the other side. So Jeff pushes the ladder into AJ as he's doing the phenomenal forearm. Proper like GTA wasted moment. It just gets clattered out of the air. <laughs> we had a proper laugh watching this during the, the live reactions. It was so wacky, but wonderful at the same time. I had so much fun with this. It went 40 minutes you know, from sort of like entrances to the end, it went about 40 minutes. And mm. apparently, according to uh, Louis Dangor, um, WrestleTalk's Louis Dangor, it's because the two matches got changed. Because the yeah. women's match got taken, the tag match got taken off, and the Bailey match got shortened, this match was given more time. And it was all the better for it. Yeah, I, I thought that might have been the case. Same with the main event as well. There were a few matches that got a really decent chunk of time beyond what WWE would give them if they actually planned ahead uh so yeah that was an excellent match really really good opening to the show but then raw <sighs> had to happen God, so, this show like screeched <laughs> to a halt at this point yeah our truth lost his 24 7 title to drew gulak backstage i thought that would be very funny because drew gulak's really good but we'll get on to that later and then we got asuka versus Zelina vega so this was meant to be on the pre-show um, I think Vega needed a a, a decent showing uh, to make this work, particularly if they're going to run with her as a title competitor going forward. What happened was a seven minute okay match. You know, like if it was on if it was on TV, I'd go that was a match, mm -hmm. and it was Vega just doing the standard sort of technical wrestling that everyone kind of does when they're trying to do this style of match. But Asuka overpowers her at the end, makes her tap in the Asuka lock. So you've tapped to someone's submission finish. And in the post-match, Vega kicked Asuka in the gut rather than shaking her hand. In what I guess will continue. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing to say. It was, yeah. it, was, it was what it was. Vega much better as a manager. But now they're trying to, you know, they're setting her up to fail. There's, there's yeah. no build here. She hasn't had a lengthy run to build herself up with, with credibility to face for the championship. And she's not going to get over in a program like that, especially when you beat her, make her tap in the first outing. Uh, another Raw feud that's been going on since lockdown began, Apollo Crews versus Bobby Lashley. Yep. And this match was 
what it was. It was a match. They had a match. Lashley did his stuff. Cruz did his stuff. Lashley retained. Yeah. No re- and no retribution. Like I think we were all just sort of sitting there waiting for the retribution <sighs> job because they're now feuding with the hurt biz- the hurt business. And they didn't show at all. So like pfft. so the hurt business are heels in this feud, but they're baby faces against uh Metribution. That's that's the skinny of it to try and fill you in on what happened on Raw last week. Oh, shades of grey. Excellent. Um, so they they're they're raw exclusive, which means no SmackDown, no pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. They just they just never interfere on the big shows. Uh, but yeah, I d- totally agree. It was it was a fine match, but I've seen it for about three four months now. Uh, yeah. be it Lashley or MVP, I'm I'm just bored of this story. There's no real hook in there. The the like he said, the real hurt business storyline is with Metribution right now, not with Apollo Cruz still. And it's incredible when you think like how far the story has come in that you know we've had a cedric heel turn we had mvp challenge mvp was united states champion for a bit we had a new title belt introduced we've had a uh cruise win the belt we've had bobby lashley win the belt and yet it feels stale as f like it it feels like it's never really gone anywhere and it's i'm just i'm ready for it to be over speaking of ready to oh. be over the street profit oh then defended their Raw Tag Team Championships against Andrade and Angel Garza for... Well, I don't know. So this is the eighth match they've had in nine weeks in various combinations, right? And like that's just the last nine weeks. Not to mention the fact that these two teams have basically been feuding since WrestleMania. And it's just never any. And the only way this feud is now finished is because Angel Garza's out with an injury. It feels like that's the only way that this feud's ever going to end. Yeah. So, you know, it was a fi- in ring, it was fine. It was good. It was really good. They're all really good wrestlers. But They're I've great. seen this. I've seen this so many times. I, uh-huh. I, I don't watch the same TV show like episodes over and over again. And that's yeah. what this is. Uh, and yeah, that they they tried to add a new wrinkle to the sort of formulaic template that they've had forever now, and that was a Spanish fly off the top rope. I think it was it was Garza definitely doing it on Ford, mm-hmm. and oof, they were close to not getting all the way over for Garza. Yeah, oh yeah, like Dork, uh, Ford had to do like a very late save to make sure that he was going to get flipped because he basically slipped before they went. Mm. Um, but that, I don't think that was the spot where he injured himself. But shortly after, Gaza suddenly just like ended up on the floor, looked at Andrade and very quickly got out of there, rolled out to the outside. Andrade looks at them and you can see, so you, you can tell something's wrong. They, they were doing their best to cover it. Andrade gets in, looks over occasionally. Yep. Uh, Gaza still isn't up on the apron. And the, the referee must have called for the to go to the finish because he counted the three after Dawkins did a sort of powerbomb spinebuster thing, uh, even though Andrade kicked out. Now, I, this is, this is ha- I've got loads of sympathy for when stuff goes wrong in matches. I'm, I'm not like going, oh, botchamania again or anything like that, because I think the thing that's most important is that if someone's injured or hurt, they should be looked after rather than the stuff in the ring finishing. You know, you gotta have priorities here. But this is the third Raw match in about three, four weeks where an injury has happened, 
okay, there's, these things happen. You can't really do much about that. But then the people who aren't injured in the ring rush to the finish. Someone isn't aware that the finish is happening. So the referee counts three despite someone kicking out. We've had it with Mickey James. The referee thought Mickey James was injured. She wasn't. So the referee just counted them out. We've had it with Ricochet and Cedric Alexander when Ivar of the Viking Raiders injured himself with a dive. And now we've had it here too. People kick out when they've called for the finish early. And it's like, it's happened so much on in such an intense period of time that surely someone is figuring out a way to, to change this and make this not happen as much going forward, but they're not. Yeah, so it feels like someone goes out with an injury, the referee finds out that the injury has happened, tells one of them, we're going to the finish, but doesn't tell the person getting pinned, we're going to the finish. So, mm. so and it, what I hate about this, you're right, Accidents happen, you know. There's, there's, it's, it ain't ballet, folks. These things, these happen, and I'm much, I'd much rather just go to the finish rather than trying to carry on what's happening in the ring. But everyone has got to be on the same page when this happens, because what happens is that Andrade kicks out very much at two, but the referee counts. Dawkins looks confused. Andrade looks confused, and then the poor commentators have to try and cover for it. And it's only so many times that the commentators could go like, oh, the referee obviously did not see the short drop. Like, he's looking directly at them. Like, they, <laughs> Of course he saw what happened. And it makes the commentators look like absolute imbeciles. It makes the referee look dumb. It makes all the wrestlers look dumb. Just tell everyone in the ring we're going to the finish. It's it, There's only two people you need to tell. Like, it's, just tell them. But even if you do tell them and Dawkins seem to be aware, oh, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, like you can't deal with that saltiness. Dawkins are pissed off. Oh, mate. When he was Apparently, uh, according to Louis Dangor, he was furious. Really? So, so mad. Yeah, so mad. Look at Louis getting all the exclusives. Yeah, yeah he's been busy. Could I, is that on the website? Uh, no, that was, he was just, he was just texting me like during the, uh, uh, the show itself. Sorry. Furious. Yeah. Sorry, if it looks like I'm I'm distracted, I've just got to change my headphones over. My my earbuds have just died. You've got to keep that championship on your shoulder, otherwise, oh, yeah. otherwise it's mine. But the worst thing out of all of this, apart from Gaza being injured, apparently it's a hip injury. Um, they're doing assessments to see how bad it is. We don't know yet, so that's what PW Insider are reporting. But apart from that, the worst thing is that finish means the feud might still continue. No, absolutely cannot at this point. Absolutely, it cannot do it at this point. We, we've got to be done. Surely, surely now. So after that, we got Roman Reigns giving a speech uh, in a sort of, is it the Susan B. Anthony Foundation? I can't remember, uh, yeah. which was one of those annoying things WWE does where they're like, this person's a baby face for the purpose <laughs> of this charity advert now buy into them in the main event, destroying their family. Uh, the WWE draft was announced for two weeks' time, as reported a couple of months ago. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Mandy Rose still hasn't debuted on Raw, um, even though she, she'd been <laughs> drafted pre-draft, and she still hasn't debuted by the time the draft comes around, and then she just gets drafted back to SmackDown? Yeah, so I guess this is the... Well, hopefully, 
freaking street prophets and Andrade and Angel Garza are drafted away from each other. Uh, Drew Gulak loses the 24-7 title back to Akira, not to Akira Tazawa, to R-Truth. And then we get Bailey coming out. Her match has been called off with Nikki Cross because Nikki Cross can't compete because of reasons. And uh, she issues an open challenge and Asuka comes out. Mm, yeah, we were really surprised by this. Everyone like in the comments was saying, like, it's going to be Alexa Bliss. It's going to be Alexa Bliss. Mm. So when it was uh, by Asuka, we were like, oh, we're actually going to get a clash of champions here. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was more angle than it was match. Like it was there to go, you know, what, three, four minutes, whatever it was. And they did some bits and bobs. And in the end, I, I mean, I, I said this at the start, no matter who it is, it's going to end in a DQ. And uh, yeah, Bailey just hits her with a, a chair for the D- a lame DQ finish. But it was just there to set up the, the angle afterwards, which was Sasha Banks hitting her with a chair, them hitting each other's with chairs and kendo sticks and uh, setting up the match, which presumably will be at Hell in a Cell. Um, I mean, they, they were doing virtually no build for Bailey, Nikki Cross anyway, uh, on SmackDown, like even before they knew that Nikki Cross wasn't going to be there because it was just a placeholder feud before we get to Bailey and Banks. So, yeah, it, it was never really going to mean much regardless. It's a shame because, you know, that I'm the same as you when I watched this. I was like, oh, OK, Asuka, that's fun. A cool three minutes of fiery action, but it's ultimately a DQ and just an angle. Uh, Dave Meltzer pointed out in his review, though, that other companies, when they change a advertised title matchup last minute, the idea is to kind of give the fans something better to make up for not being able to deliver what was advertised on. So imagine a world where Asuka just came out and had a really good 15 minute match with Bailey mm-hmm. with a definitive finish where Bailey won. Yeah. I don't that was never going to happen because no. I don't want to don't want to beat either champion. So, but they they they, they, <laughs> they sent Asuka out there for this match, and it was like, uh oh, but we don't want Asuka to lose. <laughs> we don't want Bailey to lose. How have we got ourselves into this situation? DQ. Yeah, uh, but the the bank stuff returning was really good. Uh, it's great. All, all mm. that stuff. Uh, and then as our last match, we're going to talk about because we've already discussed Reigns and Jey Uso was Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in. The Ghosts of Randy's Past match, uh, also yeah. an ambulance match. You know, all of those ghosts, apart from Keith Lee. Keith Lee, who I would argue is one of the more focal points of this feud since SummerSlam, was not included once in the video package, not really mentioned on commentary as part of the context, not in all the spots that happened with various wrestlers getting involved. Because we had involvement from Big Show. We had involvement from Christian. HBK and Ric Flair, all the people that Randy has taken out over the last six or so months. But never did we get anything from Keith frickin' Lee. I imagine, I'm totally kayfabing this. I'm totally like Pritcharding this. He's selling the punt because Randy punted him on Raw. So I'd like to think <laughs> he was, you know, off, t- off TV because he's selling the punts to, you know, make sure that that yeah. move stays, uh, the, the integrity of that move is intact. After Shawn Michaels trying to destroy <laughs> it as best as he could. <laughs> um, but yeah, this really, it was not the match I was expecting this yeah. to be. Really, of like all the predictions that we had throughout the week that we did, that we, you know, been chatting with other wrestling fans. At no point did anyone think, ah, this will be the match where babyface Drew McIntyre is helped by Big Show, HBK, Christian, and Ric Flair to an extent. 
but Randy is always on top no matter what happens. Yeah. It was a really weird match. Like, I don't think it made Drew look rubbish. You certainly couldn't say they buried Drew McIntyre in this match, but it didn't make him look great mm. because, like, hey, <laughs> like, super kicks Randy Orton on top of the ambulance. And then pushes him off the top of the ambulance while Drew's selling on the on the floor. And then the very next thing that happens is Randy RKO's Drew McIntyre. So it was like none of it mattered, like really. And Randy just almost like constantly remained on top of the match. Yeah, they were just spots for spots' sake, I think. Very superficially done. Uh the if you haven't watched the match, folks, it wasn't uh, uh a thing where all four guys came out and did like attacked Randy after Randy had done something particularly heinous. Mm. It was placed quite sporadically throughout the entire match. Within a few minutes, Big Show did the first spot of interference where he grabbed Randy's leg. Um, then about five minutes after, Christian jumped Randy when they brawled backstage. About five minutes after that, it was HBK super kicking Randy on top of the ambulance. And exactly like Luke said, Randy is still on top for most of this despite all the assistance Drew was getting. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's completely backwards psychologically. I'm not against the idea of it. I think, you know, the, the idea of all of these consequences to Randy's past actions coming back to get revenge on him is a really, really good story. Um, I would have told that story in a way that didn't make Drew look so weak. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think that's a good story, but not for now because... I was really into this true Randy feud, particularly after SummerSlam and that extraordinary match where no finishes were hit. And maybe this is my fault. Maybe it's a classic case of, oh, you like the story that WWE are telling you, but no, you just read too much into that. That's not the story they're telling. Because what I thought was happening was that they were telling a story around finishes, about who is the best wrestler, Randy, and Drew didn't hit an RKO, a punt, a Claymore, nothing like that in the SummerSlam match. And in the backstage scuffles since they've been getting, you know, going one apiece, two, and ultimately tied at three punts or Claymores backstage. So I thought, okay, here's, here is now when someone can hit their finisher in the wrestling match. But they didn't tell that story at all. Instead, they almost skipped ahead three months into the future of not this feud. This is more Randy's character. This wasn't a Drew match. This was a Randy storyline progression thing. Um, and uh, what one I think is quite undermined by Edge not being there. Like if mm. this is if this is the true end of the McIntyre Randy feud, really, it should be the setup Edge returning, and then Edge can go into this Randy feud off the back of it. Because imagine if the, you know these people turn up sporadically and, and, and then those intervals work. If Edge turns up at the end, spears Randy, and they throw Orton into the ambulance together, that yeah. worked perfectly. Um, but that isn't what happened. No, we all were saying like during it, oh, this would be the point when Edge shows up or Edge will be in the ambulance or they'll do something along those lines. But it never happened. Edge wasn't there. I get, you know, he's probably still out injured, I guess. Um, so it felt weird that to, to go in this direction. And you could probably make the argument that like, oh, Drew was just selling the, the fractured jaw that he got from Randy. But like he's wrestled two matches on Raw, both mm-hmm. against Keith Lee, both ending in DQ and no contest because WWE's booking department is, is crap in the bed when it comes to Raw. I just don't know how to have matches end. 
So I never buy, I never bought into the fractured jaw thing because he's always just been wrestling ever since yeah. it happened. Yeah. So it, it wasn't by far one of Drew's least best pay-per-view matches. Because I think by and large, his pay-per-view title work has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Remember, the Brock Lesnar match was what it was, but Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler in yeah. 2020, getting that match out of that. Uh, the Randy Orton match at SummerSlam was really, really good. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame mm -hmm. that they went this way. Uh, but overall, this, this is a show based on its opener and its closer, which were absolutely magnificent. So I gave it a four out of five. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, four out of five. Last thing I just wanted to mention on the uh, the Drew McIntyre thing, when uh, you know people say like, hey, WWE's not uh, doing the same thing all the time. They do loads of new, fresh stuff. Um, someone posted up a graphic of Kofi's WWE Championship run um, versus Drew's. And it was Kofi won the belt at WrestleMania. He faced Dolph Ziggler at Extreme Rules. <laughs> <laughs> He faced Randy Orton at SummerSlam, and he faced Randy Orton oh, at no. Clash of Champions. Oh no, he's gonna lose it in the draft. Exactly, Brock's gonna come back. <laughs> Brock's gonna get drafted to Raw. He's gonna beat him on an episode of Raw in four seconds. Anyway, let's get in with your su 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 super chat, see what you guys thought of the show. Uh, Bandalia still on the subject of the main event, 1980, 1998. So do you think on SmackDown, Roman will say Jay should, should have quit sooner or that respects Jay for not quitting because that's what his family does? I don't think Roman's finished. He still hasn't had Jay say that, you know, he's the, uh, the tribal chief, that he's the mm -hmm. head of the table. I think he's, he's not finished with him yet. I, I really, I really want the Usos to be part of Roman's family faction, but it's a very tense relationship. Uh, Tim, Timon Uzumaki, this is just fantasy booking, but I want Roman to keep the title past WrestleMania, beating The Rock, and then feud and maybe drop the title to Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is very fantasy much, booking. That is fantasy booking. NXT pull-up, being <laughs> winning a title. Uh, Flim Flam Mandrew, yes, Flim Flam. Uh, a shout out to Chris Jericho's briefly lived dance craze. It was astonishing how after all the wackiness on the reaction show, everybody just shut up and practically sat in silence during the main event. It was a heck of a stream that we did last night. Adam was telling very filthy stories um, uh, about sort of like old Craigslist ads that genuinely made some people stop watching the stream for a bit and then eventually they came back it might also just be as well because the the, the pay-per-view did get mad boring for a little mm. bit um but yeah like it was just this really way like we were laughing and this and the other we were having some drinks and all of a sudden this main event kicked in and we all just went very very quiet and we're just really like just engaged in this match it was it was amazing josh polson i bet charles robinson was refereeing this match going Oh, I swear, here we go again, as he officiated the 2016 murder of John Cena by Brock Lesnar. Mm. But it was the 2014 murder. Yeah, I was going to say, that was 2014. Uh, Matty B. Wrestling. Loved how Roman and the ref were going at it the whole time, especially the count break spot. Also, I felt like Jimmy Uso watching the main event. Yeah, that's, uh, that's always a thing with... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of like, spe it's like a spectator theory thing. You do it in films a lot where you don't... 
you kind of weirdly you emote more with stuff when it's through the lens of another character watching it on it's like it you'd think that distances you but it actually mm. uh, enhances it metal bear roman saying to the ref don't ever make me address you again was a personal highlight bonkers oh, good heel work great. from roman 2020 really is nuts yeah, it was so, so great. Um, Angel Perez has just left a comment that uh, I think we now know what the this is all building towards. It's a call me a chief merch. <laughs> yes, chief. Just go just go to any kebab shop in London. Yes, <laughs> you want chief. Glass frame. Great angle because Roman believes he is morally right. He believes he has to look after all the children in the family, not just his own. Probably because that's what he's always done. Like because he's always been the top guy, he has been the person that's been like you know providing for the family. So now he's just, oh, I love it, absolutely yeah. love it. It's like a leadership challenge almost. Mm -hmm. Lino, just Lino, pure speculation, but I think that a condition for Roman to coming back was that Retribution can't be on the same show as him. Concerns about his health with all the extra people in those angles. Yeah, yeah, that was that was <laughs> mad awkward. There was the report of the uh, the COVID breakout and the performance center, and they made the decree that the performance center people can now no longer appear on Raw and or SmackDown. Problem was, they'd already appeared on Raw uh, as part of Metribution's group. Can't believe that. Metal Bear, howdy lads, great main event. A year ago, had someone tell me that 2020's best heels were Seth, Randy and Roman. I'd have called that person a fool. Keen to see what next for Roman. JTJ, thumbs up party. Thumbs up party. Thumbs up party, everyone. Uh, hot tag to you. Um, Moen Kanib says, imagine The Fiend being as over now as when he first oh. debuted last year versus this Roman Reigns would have been incredible. Fingers crossed, the the fiend can reach those same heights again. I'll be honest, man, I'm not sure he can. Maybe I mean, maybe he can, but it just feels like they've spent this last year just fizzling out all of the the love and uh, and adoration that we had for the fiend character. I think some things you can't recover from, and that Hell in a Cell loss, and we're we're rapidly approaching the anniversary for it, is one of the biggest creative mistakes WWE have ever made. You cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, Kevin, uh, as soon as Big Show interfered, I was done with the WWE mm. Championship match. There was no way McIntyre was going to lose with all of those interference from the Legends. Yeah, we said that on the stream. As soon as Big Show was there, we were like, well, well Drew's retained then. Because it would be bloody awful for Drew McIntyre if multiple people interfered on his behalf and he still lost. Yeah, and Ric Flair didn't even turn on him. Ugh. <laughs> Um, in terms of like the ghosts of the um, you know Christmas past and everything, so that means the big show is um, like the creepy little girl in Muppets Christmas Carol. Christian is the big ho ho ho. It's a choir. Well, exactly, but you know, but Christian came second, so he has to be the ghost of Christmas present. <clears throat> and then Shawn Michaels was the ghost of Christmas dead, which I think makes Ric Flair Marley and Marley. So basically, just be like, you will be visited by the ghosts of your past, oh. uh, and. Yeah, sounds about right. Andrew Buckley, when the SmackDown matches were going to begin, I went, woo, looking forward to this. When the Raw matches were about to start, I was like, oh, well, brew time. It, <sighs> it was startling, like, how good the SmackDown stuff was and how awful and bland the Raw stuff was. Yeah, it's almost like removing the head of the creative direction hasn't been good for that show. <laughs> Charles Berg. Um, and here's <clears throat> even more retribution names. Crater, Butterfly, Grease Fire, Duke Ooh. Nukem, Red 13, and of course, Tunk. Oh, I like Tunk. 
punks are good. Yeah. Yeah. Some good references in there as well. Thank you, Charles. Amro, um, do you think the ladder match will get five stars? No, no. Four and a half. Maybe not even that. Four and a quarter. Ooh, ooh, could Vega be fodder for a Peyton Asker feud? A triple threat could be uh, a way for Asker to lose the title without actually losing the match. Uh, apparently, the uh, people are very high on uh, Peyton Royce uh, at the moment, and don't, don't even say don't even say that term. I know. I'm, I'm done with it. High hey. on high on WWE Raw star backstage, dude. As Louis put it, it's not Vince that's high on her; it's everyone is high on her. That's the new version of this story now, is that everyone is high on Raw Star backstage. Um, Nate S, um, drop the drop surname. Oh, thank you very much, Nate. Um, must be in Retribution's contract to be Raw exclusive and not mess with pay-per-views. Hail to the champion, lukewarm, hashtag yes, please. Thank you no, very thank much, you. Nate. No, yes, please to you. Um, yeah, well, they no, but they'd said prior to them going prior to them signing the contracts that they were raw exclusive because they weren't messing with SmackDown anymore. So I don't think that is, I don't know. Um, Marcos, a um, guys, what do you think is going to unfold next with Sasha and Bailey? I love the story so far. Hell in a cell, yeah, there's no reason for it to be really, but yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Legrette, uh, says this was left over from last night's apparently. One more time for the stream. Bloop! We were playing that Undertaker noise uh, quite a bit in the show. Um, Alistair oh. Gammon, yes please, get rowdy, this time no. with sound. Louis looks so goddamn rowdy in that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, you obviously you weren't here for this, but that's what Louis submitted that as a picture for a, his thumbnail interview with Matt Seidel. And that's why I just messaged him like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, Louis, cheer up a little bit, mate. Matt Seidel. <laughs> um, Sat Vault. Everyone super chat. Yes, please. In your languages. In Italian, it's C si, per favore. Is that right? Don't know. You what? Probably. But do, <laughs> do no thank you instead. Um, give me a yes, please. Zombie Boss. Hey, guys. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Can I get a yes, please? Yes, you can. Yes, please. Let's get around it. <laughs> Constantly getting rowdy in the chats. Luke Neal, just want to say I loved it when you were talking about Nickelback songs. You put a genuine smile on my face. Yeah, we did. Uh, the, the stream got derailed for a little bit because we were so bored by the wrestling that we just talked about Nickelback. Because someone messaged in asking for our genuine thoughts on Nickelback. And uh, it was fun times. It was a great stream last night. Uh, Lino, just Lino, what's going to be the punishment if Luke can't deliver on his promise? Well, I can tell you this, Lino, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you've just passed an hour. You're yeah, like the, a David Blaine stream. <laughs> the punishment is I'm carrying this bloody title on my shoulder. It's really heavy. Um, Bacon Rasher, have fun watching Raw tonight for us, lads. I'll give it a miss and just catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks for the great stream as always. Hashtag Andy's JTJ. Hashtag and new. Uh, Luke Neal, not sure whether you missed my early super chat or not. Just wanted to say how you fellas talk about Nickelback songs, put a, a genuine smile on my face. Thank you very much, Luke. Um, George Yami, Retribution Twitter game is on fire. Yeah, the Twitter game has been very good. Let's not all get ahead of ourselves. It's not going to be the characters they're doing on <laughs> Raw, though. Like, I know we're all having fun with it, but it's not like T-Bar and Mace are going to come out and be fun characters on Raw. They're going to come out and cut their crap promos about, you're all horse or the system mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Bacon Rasher, Retribution name, Little Chef Dog. And Charlie Davis, lastly, this is the Roman we all loved from The Shield. Glad to see WWE has caught up. Oh, there was so much more depth. So much more depth, I think. Mm -hmm. And it means, you know, it, 
the credibility of the guy has only grown since. And the big takeaway, uh, apart from how bad Raw is right now, how fantastic Roman Reigns is. Uh, but it's the Miz rule, ultimately, all over again. Mm-hmm. SmackDown has the Miz on. Where will he go in the draft? There's loads of stuff coming up this week. So subscribe to Wrestle Talk. We'll have a raw review tomorrow. We'll have the Wrestle Talk news every day of the week. We've got AEW. We've got NXT. Uh, plenty, plenty more. And there's my sort of edited green screen review of Cock today. Uh, if you want to go over and watch that too, also go over and check out Parts of Unknown and Wrestle 2 and Phenomenerds, our board game channel that launches next Monday. Ooh exciting stuff but for now i've been mr davis this guy has been your champion lukewarm lukewarm and that was wrestling Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 